So how's your day been, mate? Good. Um, what have I done? So I saw the dog, the, the dog wash. Yeah, well, he had he had to he had his uh, jab. Um, he's due for his jab, so I took him there. Um, gave him a little bit of a you know because uh, it does get dirty so quickly. So I take him. To, it's great because these things they they literally cost three pounds each time, and you can just clean him yourself. Whereas normally for him, you'd probably pay, pay about forty pound for him. Yeah. Whereas at the moment, I pay about fifteen pound and do it about twice a month. So okay. it works. Out. It works out pretty good. Um, I then cleaned my car, which was good. Uh, I trained this morning. That was okay. I, I, I'm getting to a point now where I just don't like training for like half nine in the morning. Just nah. What's, just nah. what's the sessions that you have back to back? Because you have a session on a Tuesday evening and a session on Wednesday. What's the, what's the sessions that pull back to back? So legs is on the Tuesday evening okay. and then pushes on the, mon- uh, the Wednesday morning. So... Yeah, when I wake up after leg, luckily we're running a bit of a D volume right now, so yeah, it's not too bad. But normally, when I wake up, I feel a little bit battered, and I'm like, I've got to go train here, get up, got to get up a little bit earlier because I want to make sure I'm really picky. I want to make sure I've got enough water in me, I've got enough yeah. time to write out my logbook, do my intro, and not have to stress about clients. So you have to get up earlier, and after leg day, I'm like, I want a bit of a lie in, but it just doesn't happen. Um, so yeah. That's the, my biggest struggle at the moment is just fucking having to train on the Tuesday. On the Tuesday, morning, the rest of the week's fine, but just yeah. those two days just fucks me up. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, I weighed my highest this morning, 175 pounds, which is oh, yeah. good. So I'm closing from uh, 180, which is nice. And uh, I, I reckon when, when you get to 180, uh, this is something that I was saying to, to one of my mates recently, is that uh, when I get to 180, everything starts to feel really really good from a pressing perspective but like something i've noticed that actually some of my poles feel worse like my between i think 175 to 180 is where my hip hinges are just like they just feel immense i don't know what it is about that weight for me but i feel very safe very locked in and the the, the pattern of a deadlift just like it just flies on that there's no sticky bit um but when i get 180 and above like I don't know, presses feel immense, but hip hinges feel a little bit worse. So it'll be interesting to see what you feel like at that point. Because I've been stalling on the 50s on the incline now for four sessions in a row. Seven, every single time. Can't get past seven. Can't get past it. I'm hoping after this D volume sort of period, I can actually start pushing that because it's so, it just pisses you off when you get the same every single time. And you're like, what? I just don't know. I just don't know. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, especially with presses because there's nothing you can do about it like you can't you can't use a little bit of like extra willpower or mindset like you can on legs like if you're getting fucked up at a leg press you can just go right i'm just going to destroy you and then you you get five up just from pure rage and like yeah it might not be the safest thing to do but it's, it, it works whereas yeah. presses you pure rage actually drops you reps i find it really does it, i i I find um, just when, if I think like when I'm in this actual set, if I think about too much, like, oh God, I'm getting close to that seven mark now. Oh, it, just yeah. throws, it just throws me off. And but, like the first four reps were moving really nicely. And in my head, I was like, I've got eight today. I've got eight in my head. And I got to the sixth rep and I was like, oh, nowhere near going to, I'm not going to get two extra reps here. So yeah, it fucking pisses me right off. But it is what it is. 
Um, I'm hoping next week I'll be able to beat it. But I'm, I'm just going to blame the morning sessions because I don't like them. Blame oh, the yeah. morning. I reckon if I trained in the afternoon, I'd have, I'd have the 50s for more than that. But it is what it is. How's your week been? It's, it's been quality, to be honest, mate. It's been a decent week so far. Absolutely buried myself with legs yesterday because I've been running like one set on the compounds, the hack and the leg press for like quite some time, most of the end of the prep and also post-show. So only in the last, like just before my D-volume and then I did the D-volume and then this is like the first proper week after my D-volume, I've gone back up to like two on a hack, two on a leg press um, and also safety bar squatting at the moment. And um, oh, yeah, just this is... It's just completely like it's doubled the work, doubled the hardest work. So it's trashing me. Um, so I need to find like a happy balance because I feel like I always use the analogy with some clients. It's like, you know, volume is like filling up a sink or a bath, you know, a bathtub. And you let out the water with, you know, draining the plug like you would in a deload or a devolume or a rest day. And you add like, the more the bigger the movement the more fluid it carries so like you know now i'm doing two sets of a big big movement i'm filling up the water in, in the bath or the sink or whatever and i feel like uh, like today i'm I'm definitely overflowing like proper yeah. like i'm spilling all over the shop um which is would you auto auto regulate that like you know similar to what you said to me about if top set was just enough there's no yeah. real need for the, the second set. That's exactly what I'm, I'm doing, just auto-regulating. If it's not there, then I'm not going to bother. If it is there, I'll, I'll go for it. And how you feel the next day as well. Like today, I, I, I knew upon wake, I knew it was going to be an uphill battle. Um, I had like quite, I had a few onboards to do for, for new clients starting up. And I knew that was going to be mentally taxing. I, I had a decent day with check-ins. And... I woke up and like already my eyes are like burning and like you know that feeling just like nervous system fatigue before you've even sat down at your desk like oh god so like yeah it's just just a just one of those days and to be honest mate I find these days when I'm mashed from training harder than I find like the days in prep where I'm like really really lean because I just don't like feeling like slow Whereas in prep, I feel tired, but I still feel like there's a part of my day where I'm very, very like agile mentally. Um, but today I've just been sort of like just a bit slower than my normal self. But mm. I, to be honest, isn't it? I was thinking about what what do I prefer the actually the other day actually do I prefer contest prep or do I prefer because I was I was going through a phase where it was like ten o'clock at night and I was thinking I was, I was a little bit behind on my food. Yeah. Um, I was thinking Scott. I just got to eat and I just remind myself of prep and I was thinking those days where I just don't have to eat like I can finish my meals off at half past eight and I can just chill for the rest of the night but like last like yesterday staring at the microwave for your oats <laughs> and I was like the other day I was just thinking this is actually sometimes quite harder than the prep itself like having to eat the food like especially when you've you know put your food back for the day for whatever reason it's it does get quite hard then and you think I tell myself I've got to eat because I can't skip a meal. Um, but for me right now, I just think I don't really want to eat, but I will for the for the purpose of what I need to do. Because if I if I miss a meal, the next day I'm going to drop two pounds or something like that, and it's going to affect the fucking session or the re the rest of the week in terms of session. So 
it's really important, really important. And I just try and make sure, right, I need to fucking get the meals in every single day consistently because sometimes we get 10 o'clock and I'm like, oh, can't be bothered. But, um, it's all about routine, isn't it, mate? That's what we were talking about last time, like with the off-season, like it's easy to fall out of what is a very consistent and good routine. And I mean, I've been there, done that, you know, like last off-season, I said to, I said to Cuba, like, when I started prep, I was like, mate, I'm, I'm really not, I'm not nailing it. You know, I'm not, I need, I need to not let this happen again. And he said, you know, yeah, you, you fucking do. You know, if you want to be a pro, you know, you've got to have a pro mindset. And I, I did not have a pro mindset at the end of my last off season. I was lazy with meal timing, lazy with my options. But yeah, anyway, we're going to talk to a potential pro now. And we, he's, he's waiting, so we, we better let him in and, and see how he's getting on. Yeah. Before before we actually do, one last thing is I think for both me and George, like thank you very much for the support so far on these. Yeah. Really appreciate it. Appreciate the comments as well. Um, even the negative ones, bastards. <laughs> Morris. These we all know now that I'm a Morris. George is a Morris. Jack Cad's a Morris. We're all Morrises. Let's see if Josh Bridges is a Morris. Names. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that fucking comment. Black girl. Here he is, here he is, he's connecting. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, that sounds like a nice mic. Oh, Jesus baby. Christ. He's got it now. Chris, listen got... to me. Yeah, I just realised my um, my Mac my Mac mic is better than my actual like Blue Yeti, so I'm clearly doing something wrong here. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, what, I was listening to your, your, your latest podcast on the way back from just getting my car washed and uh fucking sounds crisp especially when you drink your drink your 3d i was thinking <laughs> oh, i'm not his mouth you like the mic yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to query on that but anyway josh how how are you doing how are things how's your video going at the moment yeah it's all good so i was, I was running a little bit late just watching the premiere talking to people um no it's good i've been i'm excited for this i feel like i've just been waiting for this for a long time so excited to get prep on the go excited to get the series on the go do you, do you feel a bit at the moment like it's not really happening or like, because you've obviously waited for, for this, this prep a long time. Um, do you feel a yeah. bit like sort of not quite in it at the moment, especially with the certain circumstances at the moment. Like I remember starting mine last year and I don't know, it's just like a, a weird feeling at the start before you really get into the swing of things. So how yeah, do you def- feel at the moment? Yeah, I've definitely got that like transit transition gray area where, Everything obviously is on point. We're still hitting your routine. You're still a bit, you know, you're kind of just waiting for things to tick along and drop that little bit of body fat where you go, okay, I know I'm in a deficit now. Cool. Like, let's, let's kick on. So I'm kind of just waiting for that first little bit. Um, but as the days go by, every, every day gets better, you know. You're looking to drop a lot of weight in this prep when I was listening to the podcast. Yeah, probably. I usually, honestly, like, even when I was natural, I still, I still lost about 20 kilos. Which was which is a fucking lot. Like I used to do maybe like one hundred to maybe a little bit less when I was natural, fifteen kilos. But I did I did twenty two kilos last year. Went from one oh seven to eighty five in in sixteen weeks. So that was pretty brutal. I think I'm a little bit leaner this year, so I'm gonna I said about twenty. Eighteen to twenty probably. So it's a little bit little over a kilo a week. So it's full in there. It kinda of makes sense to your height though. Like you, you obviously carry more total body weight. Like it's gonna sound like a lot, but you know, gotta remember that me and George are like half your height. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true, so, that's true. Um, but yeah, I I remember actually like one of I think it was 
I think it was your prep with JP. Like, I remember you saying, oh, fucking hell, like, I'm, I'm scared about the amount of weight I'm going to have to lose. And that was like, you had like, a lot of weight to lose. I think you had a, a pretty short period of time as well towards the end. That was one of your natural preps. Yeah. Um, yeah. I also remember that push-up as well that you did, like, with Jordan as well. I'm not sure like, how many people know, like, you actually worked with Jordan. Um, but that push-up that you did, like, when it was like, I think you just, like, followed... Uh, a structured food plan with him and like, there was loads of, like sweet potato and things like that do you remember that yeah. yeah it was absolutely brutal it was brutal it was at a really poor time in my life as well so like I didn't have the diet to look forward to I didn't even enjoy that part so I just kind of rubbed it all in but I remember like I had one one meal was like 200 grams of saurine and when you're not hungry saurine is not the nicest and it was like 50 grams of butter like organic <laughs> butter so I used to just lather this butter on and just like Literally just like that, like grinding it in my teeth, just sucking it down. Literally, that's what I was doing. I was sucking on the saurine. Um, yeah, it was brutal. It was brutal both ways. That that being with JP for it was two years. I did the full off season and then did the full prep. Like both of them were really, really brutal. Maybe too brutal, but yeah. What do you think were the were the main lessons that you actually learned out of that? Like, did that did that put you off bodybuilding in any shape or form, or did it? make you realize the levels to the sport like what what did that really open mm. eyes to? what the reason why i ask this question is because i see at the moment like jake is extremely passionate about the dedication elements of the sport and i know you are too um and i find you know when i watch jp videos he's very adamant in showing that some people don't have that and so like what did it tell you and what what is it sort of like now over the course of you know your time working with now cal as well what what are these people showing you in terms of like levels of dedication to, to this sport yeah i mean that that's that amplified me for sure like i was obsessed with it before um taking on a bigger coach jp is what i'd consider my first big coach yeah. um and it amplified everything like i never knew like he pushed me really really hard but i never knew that i can push that hard i didn't think what i ended up on i could do for a very long time when i did it for about 10 weeks you know and i was pushing and doing things that i just didn't really conceive were, were possible naturally to be fair i just assumed that it was the opposite of what happened and you know even when i was dragging my ass on 600 calories i was still I was still strong you know because of the way that he, he came about volume control and there was like even though it was low food there was still some element element of feeding those so sessions the best that you could so I took a lot, a lot, a lot out like from, from Jordan. I would say that the things that have changed the most since then are probably, and I, I, I'm probably say he's probably changed a little bit since then, but it was very much like hammer on nail back then. Just like, let's just see how hard we can go up. Let's see how hard we can go down. And I don't know whether that works for everyone. I don't think it worked massively for me, especially when I got lean, I sunk away so quickly. Whether that was a natural thing or not, I don't know. Um, but a lot more uh, care about the aspects of bodybuilding. Um, I don't know whether he's changed a little bit. I probably has a little bit. But back then, it was very much like, let's just fucking get it done. Yeah. But in doing that, I learned how hard I could take myself and how far I could push myself. Absolutely. I keep looking at AJ here. And going, Is AJ going to speak? Because he's got something else coming up. And then I think, no, he's got something to say. Then I've got something to say. I've got something to say. Then he goes on something else. And fuck what I was going to say. It doesn't actually matter anymore because we've moved on from that. Yeah, I saw you <laughs> laughing. I was like killing all your topics all at once. <laughs> yeah, I was going to think, what am I going to say? Um, but with, with J, like JP, was it, you know, in terms of like 
being coached was it something that you enjoyed like was it like obviously now with cow it's a lot more finer details isn't it but with jp was it very much just very straight to the point right this is what you need to do do that i'll speak to you next week uh largely yeah Large, largely pretty much um you'd, you'd get answers to your questions 100 like um i don't know where but i think he, you know he pretty much openly says like i'm not here to like molly coddle you through a prep i'm here to like you know shape, make you a pro so you know i'm not here to babysit you like he doesn't want to deal with the emotional side of a, of a prep for some people you know but he actually was for me you know we met up quite a few times he was very endearing in person very very endearing in person so that online for like facade is is, is strong um but yeah like ultimately he knows what needs to get done and he doesn't need to hit like and he's obviously walked the walk a thousand times so he's just like i don't have the patience to tell you how to walk it just do it let's fucking go you know which again for me like it it it, it worked for a very long time but then as like maybe i emotionally matured a little bit maybe i matured a little bit in my bodybuilding i kind of realized i wanted a different approach and I didn't even know what approach at the time. I, in fact, I just only the reason why I went away from JP was just because I was just tired. I was like, I just want to break from being all in on on bodybuilding, and I had about eight weeks off, and I came straight back. Is that when you started with Cal? Sorry, uh, I, I probably took. I actually started off myself again, so I coached myself for like maybe like ten months or something, and then I was like, right, okay, I'm thinking about being assisted. Let me get a coach who can take me through the optimization process for a natural and then make the jump when I need to. Is it, okay, yeah. I thought I'd lag then. Have I lagged? Hello? Nah, you're, you're good. You're good, man. Oh. With, with the training element of things, Ross, like, I was thinking back, like, one of the first, I think it was the first time we trained together. I think I met you before and I think it was Body Power that I first met you and then we trained together in Brighton with that session. Uh, we yeah. did a leg day and, uh, that was back when I was I was training in a slightly different way, and you were actually training in what was I think quite the new age of the low volume side of things. Like not everyone was training with a top set and a back off back then. Yeah, it was back in the day. Yeah, and um, four and a half, five years ago now, maybe. Yeah, like I think you couldn't walk for like two or three days because you like doubled your volume in my session or something like that. Yeah, it is. Um, I'll never forget it. Brutal, <laughs> mate. <laughs> so, like, what 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 I'm interested to know is like how, of course, you've now got to the point where you're chasing down pro status. Arguably, you know, to a lot of people's eyes, you are at a pro level already. It's just about the right time, the right place. But what has change now to specialize your training towards the goal of essentially being a pro athlete um what has changed since i first trained with you must have been back in 2017 2016 yeah i think i think the most important thing that i've done since then is is just stick with it and i think as though and live my life like i am a pro do you know what i mean like i've molded my life for bodybuilding since whatever a year before that day you know and i've never looked back since you know i've had the I've, I've trained the exact same time that i needed to train i've eaten the exact same time for the last six years i think it's just been a case of sticking in for and just, just acting acting the part like wanting to you know like what does a professional do right let me backtrack that let me work out what they've done and let's do it you know what's 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 the excuse that's literally yeah. I think well, I don't do much different. I just stick needles in me now. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's literally the same. <laughs> in terms of specialization for body parts, has there been anything that you've gone through phases where 
you've tried to, to bring up a certain area for the class itself if you if you like back down on your leg volume and and increased on sort of like the, the top line volume and things like that yeah i've done exactly that for the last couple of, like probably since off season began in 2019 september 2019 i've probably trained legs once a week every single week i've never gone more than that i've just prioritized my upper body pretty much all of it and like it's been a slog it has been a slog like i've felt the repercussions of pounding my upper body for two years i do have the odd niggle in my elbows and and there are things like that that you've got to consider because it's just the total volume is just so high over the, the years and there's no break from it um but i've noticed you know an appreciable amount of size in, in my upper body versus my lower body because of that you know my legs have grown but just not cl- quite clearly not like upper body has grown and i've been doing that specifically for the last couple of years um, and even bef- probably the year before that but the, in 2019 that was all you know men's physique focused as such so not too much care on the, on the legs keeping them at like a maintenance maybe slightly above how much, um, how much volume are you kind of... So how do you split like your, your uh, sessions at the moment in terms of frequency, volume, around hitting muscle groups a little bit more frequently? Like I'm guessing you're hitting your side delts a little bit more, rear delts. Yeah, and, and so I'll do, yeah, so I'll do uh, push, push, push and triceps on the, on the first day. Um, obviously, you've got delts and, 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 a, and a, a chest movement there. Then I'll do pull and biceps. Then I'll rest. I'll do pushing arms. Um, so I'll hit my arms again, which I'll do lateral delts on again. And then I'll do a leg session and then I'll do a pull session, but I'll tag my delts on that as well. So I end up hitting delts every other session, arms every other session across the week. I just have that one single leg I, day. One of your, your biggest improvements I've noticed is actually your arms, mate. Um, I thought yeah. you've made quite big improvements to your arms. So what's, what's not... Well, I don't want to say what's the secret behind that, but what's what's been the biggest contribution to bringing up your arms over the past two years? Um, yeah, they do. Uh, volumes are definitely, definitely volume increased. Like, I think whether I liked it or not, I was a real low-volume low, vo- low warrior two years ago. I think that my arms just needed a bit more, you know, a bit more across the week. I think I was probably going a little bit too low, which kind of kept them you know, just in line with the rest of my body rather, or maybe a little bit, a little bit below rather than progressing. So definitely, definitely just increased my volume. I literally just tagged a set on instead of two, I did three, you know, and I did that extra across, across the weeks, so ended up about four or five sets extra a week. And then just thinking, uh, you know, actively, actively training them rather than sticking them on the end. Um, classic calves, abs, you know, uh, arms, just like tagging them on the end. And I just kind of, you know, changed that, changed that mindset a little bit and thought, like I can't be, can't be seen slacking. And that's the same for my calves and my abs, really. Like I, I've since, I kind of made that, like you can't let anything slip in a bodybuilding game, you know, because those weak points will shine out and years and years of neglecting something like that. Like it does, it does, it showed on my physique. They just withered away and died when I got lean, you know? So I had to, had to change my focus. And that's 100% had the biggest impact. Do you um, still logbook your arm training? Like I know you mentioned, obviously, me and AJ spoke about this actually, I think a couple of weeks ago. Like I don't particularly logbook my, I mean, I do logbook it, but I'm not really bothered if I regress or progress as much as other lifts, for example. Are you the same? Do you focus on more of a, a feel, internal feel, or are you looking to still beat logbook numbers um, as well as making sure you feel it as well? Uh, I do the logbook. I definitely do the logbook um, across every single set. I just, it's just something that I've just, I just do. 
I don't know. I think I think where I've had where it is just a weakness for me, and it's probably always going to be a weakness because I could just I just don't have the insertions to have big juicy arms. Basically, like, I I I can't afford to slip on it, and I know that I can regress so easily by just not consciously not consciously progressing them, especially with my arms because they're just whatever weak for whatever reason. Like I I just fall behind, so it does help me quite a lot. Yeah, for sure. I thought so. Um, because I, when it comes to, like, for example, even when I was looking at AJ, you sent me through a front double bicep, and I was like, oh my God, mate, your arms. You know, what have you been doing? And, uh, you know, it's very. They're improved. They're not shit. They're, they're improved. But, um, yeah, I mean, I have always asked um, questions about whether you should, I mean, arm training. And I've been actually going away from the logbook more now with my arm training the folks on actually feeling it instead of like yeah i mean i could call a 25 kilo dumbbell but it don't really do much for my arms don't really feel it at the end of the set but you know if i grab a set of tens 12 and a halfs yeah. and cut it and you know i feel it a lot more so yeah i mean yes i think there's an element of getting stronger of course but i think feeling the actual exercise itself yeah. um is, is really important what do you feel like, for example, like, let's say a narrow bench for your triceps, um, you know, dipping, that sort of stuff. Do you believe that that is the building blocks to build dense arms? Or do you believe that, you know, working on actual curls, isolation movements, is that more of a, a focus for, for building those arms? Um, I don't, obviously, you get, I think you need a, a combination of both. But if I'm honest, like I'm very much, uh, how much deliverable volume can you give that? like that muscle you know so if you if you just happen to get really a fucking gnarly pumping connection in a in an elbow supported overhead cuffed curl like extension then so be it that's that is what it is but if you come off a close grip bench and you think that nah, i've got a big old tricep pump like for me a close grip bench it's probably going to hurt my wrist it's probably going to hurt my pec as well because it's quite it's quite awkward for me to do for whatever reason because my you know but so for me i wouldn't i wouldn't be able to do that a dip, like you can come off if you've got big triceps, like stick with it. So for me, I think, like I'm an isolation man. I do, I do love a machine. I do love isolations. I do just love like a really fixed environment. And I feel like I get that mind to muscle focus on it a lot more. Um, but I also do compound. So I couldn't say whether one works better than the other. Do you know what I mean? Is that, is that also something you've done with your arm training? Like since there's been a focus, have you really brought it down to movements? You've only selected movements that you can connect with. Like obviously, you know, you know, like things like for back training. I think maybe there's an argument that some exercises that doesn't have to be a crazy internal feel. But do you think with arm training that every exercise internal feel should be a prerequisite of, of choosing that that movement? I think so. I like I I try and pick my entire workout based off that. If I'm honest, like I will have, if I have an issue with a back exercise, which I've actually been having one, and I just I just can't get that like gnarly pump, that gnarly feel in the bottom of my lap. Like I'm probably just not going to do that exercise. You know, I, I I tend to do that for everything. Um, more specifically, arms. Like I stay away from any fixed bars, so I can really fucking curl in there. Um, just the standard, the standard stuff. But yeah, def, definitely just just isolations and the ones that, that I can connect with for sure. Awesome. I, I, have some, I have some questions away from training. Have you got anything you want to ask training related, George? No. I've got a question I want to ask as well. All right. So first of all, obviously you mentioned like the frequency thing with 
the training and like a few niggles you picked up. But I want to know like whether you've got any and like honest, honest answer in terms of like whether you've got any fear of, of the prep itself. Have you got anything at all that you're concerned about, whether it's a niggle that's irritating you at the moment or show not going ahead? Is there any fear going into this, into this prep at all? Um, no, 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 I don't have anything. And the one thing that's playing in, the one thing that will probably play in my head is just probably my blood work because I do know that like I'm killing myself like, and I'm about to go into like a, a higher period of it, a higher period of use. Um, and if I'm, if I'm brutally honest, like my blood work is not like, it's not optimal right now. It's not in a place where it probably should be for a prep. Okay. But because of the situation that I'm in, because of the, the place that I'm in, because of what I do, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. You know, like it, it, for me, it's acceptable to do it. But I know that where I'm going to probably end up after this is going to be a place where I'm probably going to be a bit like, you know, like I still should have done it, but I, I probably shouldn't have done it type, type thing. Okay. Uh, and I think that's that's the one thing. That's the one and only thing. Uh, and, it, and actually, I didn't, before that day, I got my results like literally yesterday. I had not not a care in the world. I was in mentally in the best place, physically, like niggles wise, you know, everything wise. So that's the only thing, raw and honest, right there. <laughs> fair play, fair play. You think you're gonna? I'm, I'm not saying you're gonna go regret that at all, but um, how can I word this without sounding like a twat? <laughs> you like, say how you want. I know you don't mean that. Like, obviously, you you have like, for example, you know, a lot of people following you, and that obviously puts, especially when you've gone assisted, you know, you probably have a lot more people give you, you know, questions about gear, doing this, doing that, and probably you're quite surprised. I didn't know you was on gear, sort of like look. Um, but do you feel like, especially as you are responsible for quite a lot, you know, of influencers and, and stuff like that, do you feel like? Like that's kind of I don't know I don't know how to word it I don't even know where I'm getting at there but you just being an influencer and you coming out yeah. and my brother right but I've just gone for it do you think yeah. you know, matey boy down the road was going yeah Josh has fucking done it I'm gonna do it myself who gives a shit yeah no of course and and that's the great area of this whole scenario like talking about any any type of drug any type of thing that's considered taboo like it's it's a great area and like while I do feel a responsibility uh, to educate and hopefully to stop people from doing really ridiculous things, you know, I, I, I like to be honest and it just doesn't, it doesn't sit right with me if, it, if, I don't, if I'm not. And, you know, like I'll, I'll go through the blood work on, on a video. Like I'm not going to hide it away from everyone so they can't know. Like I'll show them, I say, look, this is not a place where you want to be, you know, mm. like granted, I'm probably making it sound like a lot worse than it is. Like it's just, it's just going to get worse is what I mean. It's not like, Oh my God, this is awful, but I know it's going to get worse. So I've got to preempt that. Um, but I, I think that some people need to see the harsh realities of it because I think that people don't, like, I don't feel anything. I feel fine. I feel fucking great. I feel, every day I feel fine. But you look at the blood, like, my kidneys are, are, are under stress, under a lot of stress. But I don't feel that. I don't, you know, I don't feel any of that. And I think that people need to see the raw honesty that this is where bodybuilding can take you sometimes, you know? It takes you down a darker route and it takes you down a route that's going to potentially hurt you more. And that's like a competitive sport for me. You know, I, people won't agree with my opinion, but I'm here to I'm here to take a pro card, which means nothing to some people, but it means everything to me, and I'm willing to put some things on on the on the table for that. Do you know what I mean? But that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I um, go on, AJ. I know you. Had I, think, I think to be honest, just to, just to add my thoughts on that, I think it does show your desire for your goal. 
And if you're the right person that's the right person following you, they should be able to put two and two together in that circumstance and think that, yes, it's stupid and 95% of people maybe shouldn't do it. 95% of people shouldn't probably use PEDs, you know. Like, it's, unless they've got a really, really, really strong goal like you have, you know, um, let's be honest. But, you know, I think if, if they're able to put those two and two together, then I think you're very right in sharing it because it does actually just show how much desire you have to achieve the end goal. Um, and at the end of the day, like, all sports, all elite sports are going to take some element of being reckless. 100%. Uh, also, also like, I thoroughly back the human body to bounce back. I back myself. I've seen myself be worse than this. I've seen myself be better than this. I know that I'm going to bounce back. It's just like, uh, I know that the next six months I'm going to have a little black mark on my on my on my schedule when I when I look back at things. But it's is what it is. Are you are you in the type of mindset in regards to like life itself, Josh? When you think of life, do you think of it as like you'd rather live a shorter life, but a life that's absolutely on the limiter, or are you about longevity the same uh, in the same sort of tone? Like it's a, it's a hard yeah. one to answer, I know, but it is it is a hard one because. If I'm honest, like I am huge, hugely into like longevity and trying to live forever. Like I, I truly don't want to die. Do you know what I mean? Like I really don't want to. Like I fear that shit. But I know that like what I'm doing is completely hypocritical, and I've got this this irk with bodybuilding. I need to get. I need to scratch this scratch. It scratch this itch, um, or whatever, whichever way it is, before I can I can call myself quits with it. And that's going to take a little bit of a little bit of a hit. But like I said, like I I think that I can. I can change my life around once the uh, the drugs are out of the system and that part of my life is done. Whether or not that's going to be forever or not, I don't know. And like you're compensating sort of thing. You're being a bit, bit extreme right now, but in your future, you know, I've, I've listened, obviously I listen to your podcasts and I think one you mentioned about, you know, how, you know, when you are going to finish with bodybuilding, you're going to, you know, completely take out, well, not completely take out protein, but, you know, drop it right down, you know, yeah. look up more. So you kind of like almost kind of compensate later on in your life where a lot of people, you know, when they're older, they, they get a little bit lazier to an extent, you know, maybe a few choices yeah. aren't. So, you know, for me, that makes, that makes total sense, you know, be a little bit extreme now and then kind of make up for it a little bit later to an extent. Um, but I, I'm, I'm the exact same. I use, the, I use this term, it's the worst time ever. I'd, l I'd rather live like a tiger for like 30 years than a bloody ant for like 80 years. You know, like when I'm like 90 and things like that, like I'm going to be sitting there waiting to die. It's boring. You know, I, I don't want to, I want to look back on my life and go, fuck you, I did this, I did that. Um, you know, so I, I, can, I can totally relate to that. I like that. I like that. I was going to ask you about um, the good old cannabis. Now, I know obviously oh, yeah. you're, Kind of thing. You sent me through a photo earlier, which is quite funny. Um, what's, what's, what's your stance on that in a, in a, in a prep? Um, are you going to use it as a tool? Are you going to potentially bring it out? Because obviously, you know, when you start smoking, you know, hormones are just like, okay, where is the fucking food? That sort of yeah. thing. Oh, you, you're the type of person that's quite regimented and say, no, I'm not going to do that because uh, you've got your head switched on. But, you know, there are moments where I sit there and go, oh, you know, I could eat something <laughs> dangerous here. Um, yeah, yeah what's, what's just your thoughts on, on that in a, in a prep? You know, are you going to take it out? What's your plans with that? Uh, for me, like, I don't think anything's really going to change. I just uh, use it as and when in my life. I don't, like a goal, a prep a goal, like it wouldn't, I wouldn't just like eat some food because I've got the munchies or anything, you know, like I've, I've been and not to 
talk too much about it, but like I smoked for like a decade, nearly, you know, so I'm 28, so I've been smoking for a long time. Like I'm sort of used to everything that you can be thrown at with, with, with smoking a joint. Um, so yeah, it just, nothing's going to change. It doesn't, doesn't really affect me um, too much. I'm just not going to eat the food if I'm hungry. <laughs> That's literally it. When do you, when do you smoke time-wise? You smoke in the afternoon, don't you? You don't smoke before you go to bed. Uh, no, nah, I... <laughs> <laughs> morning morning lunch and dinner um yeah literally morning lunch and dinner when i wake when i'm on the way to the gym when i'm back from the gym before i get to bed i never knew that about you uh, <laughs> how, how do you tr- like people tell me smoke a joint before you go to the gym i think i couldn't think of anything worse oh, you I should you, the, the connection you can get to it though like on a, on a muscular level when you're in that zone you don't have too much a little bit of pre-workout caffeine caffeine and cannabis work well in synergy so I'm just okay. saying. No one listens to say that advice, though. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just generally, generally asking because I do. I'm sure you get people ask you about bloody cannabis. You show, show it and like, oh, do you get the munchies? And I'm thinking, I'm just an adult. Like, I can just say yeah, no. Exactly. Food. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, a little bit. Cannabis is a funny one, especially as, as a natural. I mean, when I was on prep, I especially towards the latter stage of it i i took it out completely because you know we, we get drugs well i could have got drug tested yeah. um and i don't want to get caught with that things but with yourself you know you, it's, it's nothing it doesn't nothing changes you know you don't need to take okay. it out you're not going to get caught or anything like that it's not anything bad so i just thought i'd ask and what what is your general opinion on obviously you've answered this probably about 100 times already but for the people that don't know what's what's your thoughts on, on bodybuilding and, and cannabis because it can be looked at like like especially for me when people have already slandered mm. me and it, even on this podcast the first one um cool. and i feel like if you're not smoking you don't understand if that makes sense a lot of people yeah, no, yeah, kind of, of understand like people say george you're not professional and stuff like that that's not why i smoke and i'm sure you know that's not you smoke to relax you smoke to kind of like for me i take my mind off things it's just a part it's just like a hobby as well um, but what's your what's your general thoughts on like bodybuilding and, and, and cannabis as well? Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's uh, like uh, cannabis is one of the things that's forced on people. It's not for other people. Some people have had their time with it. Some people don't react well with it. Some people really, really don't react well with it. Some people are fine with it. So more than bodybuilding cannabis is just you and the per- like you and cannabis. Are you the right person for it? If you are, then is it going to affect your bodybuilding? You know, in what way? Are you going to be that person who eats? Are you going to, it's got to be who you are as a person. But as like a, as a synergy, like for me, like I, I don't want to sit here and encourage it because it's not something that you got to, you got to make these decisions yourself. But for me, like I don't want to go out and drink with my friends. I want to just be chilled at home, playing a game, having a conversation. And with that, it's much more sociable. I don't have to, you know, lose loads of calories. I don't have to lose my sleep. I can just, everything is perfect. You know, and it's like a little bit of a little bit of a, a devil's itch, you know, a little bit of a down the down the dark path, like, and it's not just going to absolutely ruin me for the next day. So, uh, I don't think there's, you know, it just depends if you're on it for if you're that type of person. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I agree. I'm not talking about any more cannabis because people fucking. <laughs> no, no. So I wanted to ask a little bit about business because very business orientated you've got your fingers in a lot of pies it's very exciting for you at the moment um i wanted to ask about this year in terms of your goals outside of becoming a professional athlete 
where is your primary focus now, Josh? Like, what, what do you see becoming the biggest version of yourself in terms of business? Uh, is, it, is it down the route of 1MR? Is it down other routes? Like, uh, what are you truly most invested in at that moment um, as a whole? Yeah, uh, I don't know about most invested, but definitely, like, I, I, I want to build... I want to build one monitor into something, you know, in the UK that, that, that people recognize into that movement, that mindset, the everything that you guys see me post and talk about. Like this is, I want to bring that to the masses and in the form of some damn good clothing, by the way. Um, and like, I really do want to bring that. Like I know that a brand always has the potential to be bigger than a person, you know, me being that person. Granted, I'm going to help that brand grow, especially in the early phases. Um, like I do want to become, and I think I've dissociated myself straight away, which is decent. I do want to grow that bigger and bigger and bigger away from myself. But, you know, as well as that, like I want to build my own brand because I know that a lot's going to come through that. Coaching comes through that. Opportunities through sponsorships come through that. So I, I don't, like I couldn't focus on one thing. I haven't got the attention span for one thing. It has to be multiple things and, and constantly just trying to think of the next thing to do. So at the moment, I do really, really want to build one of my, like I'm just in my feet in this prep for the next five, six days. Once I'm in two weeks, like I'm going to, sit down and, and, and make the next moves for the for the online coaching business, you know, for you know, sponsorships, things like that. So keep moving that way. With your, with your coaching at the moment, do you see yourself doing that in the long run? Do you see yourself doing that in five, ten years time? Because someone asked me that the other day and I did have to have a genuine think about it because I love coaching, you know, I'm sure you're aware of that, but I equally I don't know how I feel in five or 10 years time of, of doing it for another, because we've been I think, coaching for a very similar time period. Um, and so, so where do you see yourself five to 10 years time in terms of like the balance between these businesses and these uh, routes and paths you're going down? Yeah. Uh, I'd like to think by that time I would have a, uh, a, a huge brand I, yeah fuck it a huge brand which is going to help a lot more people than I can through coaching you know on a, on a, on a wide scale and I feel like that's what I always felt like about YouTube was it's the people that I couldn't coach it's the people that couldn't afford coaching it's the people that didn't want coaching maybe they could still educate themselves through that so I'm hoping that I, I've just got a a huge you know well I'm going to make that huge big brand that can you know help motivate inspire people educate people um, on a level you know, and I'm hoping that my time's so full, I don't have time to to have online coaches because there's more people out there that I can hit at one time. Um, maybe next five years, I still want to be coaching because I think in five years is pretty short because I still thoroughly see myself in bodybuilding. I think when I'm bodybuilding still, I probably want to be coaching it. I quite enjoy doing the process of bodybuilding while coaching bodybuilding. Um, yeah. And then maybe, maybe after that, we'll see. But it's hard to say. I always think those questions are real hard, don't you? Like when someone says, where do you see yourself in 10 years? It's like, yeah. I think like it, 10 years ago, things were crazy different and, or even five years ago, you know? So I think that time span so difficult to say something over. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's crazy difficult to answer. I was going to ask you about just, because I, I noticed we have a lot of people that are, you know, want to inspire to be potentially AJ, maybe me, maybe yourself. So I know you, you've got a big platform on YouTube, big platform on Instagram. You know, you've worked with a, a load of different companies and big companies too, you know, like Gymshark, Alfleet, etc. What's, you know, 
how, how especially now when it's very saturated everyone everyone's a coach everyone wants to be an influencer everyone's fucking doing youtube now what do you what would you say to the per to someone who's looking to start out and go look i want to be you josh how am i going to get there um very difficult question um i would say it's really difficult but i think the biggest the biggest thing for me is 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 sort of being who you want to be from the start i think that that's i've seen a lot of people a lot of influencers change over time and their audience either gets lost or maybe they started off someone that they didn't want to be and they kind of got lost in that so i always think like the people who i feel like do well are the ones who are the realists and the ones who you can just you have a conversation with them you hear them talk and there's no like tone of fakeness you don't you don't get that kind of you, you can pick up you can pick up the ones who are bullshit and can't you really everyone can do that if they've got some kind of mouse on them so i feel like just being real i think trying to find something unique unique i think even in like like you said how saturated it is i think i'm lucky and that i've got here now because i started five years ago you know if i'd started now and waited five years i don't think i'd be this far along even if i'm, I'm not that far along but you know i think it would be less because it's so saturated and i don't think necessarily um, that I'm any more unique than other people. I think maybe I've been doing it longer and I got there earlier. But, you know, the people who are getting there quick these days are coming up with some, you know, either some comedy genius or some educational, you know, unbelievable educational content. Or So I think it is increasingly harder, but you've got to just put increasingly more effort into it, I think. Mm. I couldn't, it's difficult. It's very, very difficult. A whole podcast on that topic, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with you. I find, for example, you know, yourself, yes, you might not have like 2,000, uh, 200,000 subscribers, sorry, but the audience that you have is, you know, you have a lot of people that engage with you. It's not just this random mate yeah. off the street. It's someone that engaged with you, knows you. And I'm sure if they came up to you in the street, they would could tell you about everything about yourself. And, yeah. you um, and that's, that's one thing which I... Like I would probably rather, and I'm sure you're probably the same, have a smaller following but better engagement in terms of like interaction, you know, mm-hmm. people watching stories, than this fucking big following. And it's just these people that uh, you, you don't even know. It's these random people like follow, I don't know who, I'm not going to use anyone as an example, but, um, you know, I, I would definitely rather uh, the smaller platform. I think that's the, the biggest thing I see a lot of people is they try and follow these bigger influencers when really they should just be themselves post about what they do in their day and just crack on and do it for a long long time because realistically you know you've been doing it for youtube for god knows how long long time it's it's never (laughs) a reward you know the amount of work the amount of effort the amount of money you've spent on cameras videographers editing the time you've sat at your desk it's it's never going to reward and i feel like you know people look at that and think you know what when it comes to them editing or uploading a video, they think, fuck this, I've only got 10 views and half of it's my family. I'm not going to bother yeah. But you kind of need to, you know, you need to kind of push through that sort of boundary. And I think like that's, that's what you, you've done really well. Like me right now with the YouTube, I've just gone, you know what? I'm getting demonetized. I'm not earning any money from it till fuck it because it takes so much time. I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. Whereas yourself, you've just, and this is my, this is my fault for that is I need to, do exactly what you've done and just be consistent regardless of whether the views go down a little bit or the engagement's lower you've got to keep mm. going um, and I feel like you, you, yeah, you do that to. very very well um, and I do that shit I appreciate it now those, those periods of 
downtime and engagement like that actually like it's a weird feeling that you never had never would have had 10 years ago like you have a prep and you're like fuck i've got so many likes on these photos and then you finish and then okay maybe like the reverse because you look so good and then like four weeks later you're like what am i doing wrong you know why are these likes a thousand less and it's like it's just a visual thing you know but once you've been through that like up and down so much like you learn that it doesn't make a difference whether you're at 50,000 people or 1,000 people you're going to have that dip but you're also going to have that that come up as well so it is like sticking with it literally with for example you know prepping and stuff like that um obviously it's a good opportunity like me it's great because i was able to and, and aj as well you know your youtube channel blew up from you know posting your, your prep series but do you get like a little bit like for example i don't know like is it really, especially with being assisted, is it contagious to just kind of push it a little bit more? You know, I'll prep next year because I know I'm going to get more views and we get potentially more customers with my brand and that's going to enable me. Is, is it tempting sometimes, you know, especially when you can push things like you can, just to go, you know, what, I'll push it a little bit more because I know I'm going to get the engagement and I know that's going to be more money. But yeah. what? Nah. I think, I think for, honestly, honestly, like for me, bodybuilding comes first. Like the IFB code comes, comes first. I always said, I'm never gonna, I couldn't do a 10,000 cheat day calorie because I've got 4,300 calories to eat. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna do 10 when I've got to do four and a half. Like I, I'm not gonna do a prep here because I'm just gonna look good for YouTube. I, I've never done that. It's always been bodybuilding first. I think that's helped me. I think that's helped me just being like, like bodybuilding first. Like YouTube videos can, can wait because like I have some YouTubers who I coach and they're like, you know, I need to do this, this prep for a video. I'm like, oh, just, you could be so much better if you didn't care about that. Do you know what I mean? You'd be so much better if you invested in the long term. So, you know, like taking those years off, like for social media are rubbish. Those two year off seasons, they're not good. Like you can obviously do, do well out of it, but they're not good. So uh, yeah, I've always, bodybuilding has always come first. I've been headstrong on that from the start. I had bodybuilding before social media. So that's lucky for me. <laughs> can get a little bit contagious when you see those views go up and you think yeah yeah, yeah. stupid shit like i'm yeah. too paranoid though i'm so i'm such a paranoid person like <laughs> we after we say that after talking about weed a minute ago no like I, I, i'm like I, I care too much about my health i really do i really do care about my health you know everything that i do from from the blood work to the cycles i take they're all with health mind in, in, into consideration so i couldn't keep creeping it in i don't think 100 percent. um should we do some just, just to comment on that, I think that just, just proves the, the authentic nature of your content, mate. And that's something that's always that, that I've always looked up to massively. And to sort of talk about what George was talking about there about sort of like, you know, other things that I think you do well with your content production is I think the staying true to your brand identity on Instagram is something you do very, very well as well. because um, I'm a massive suspect for this is the just the constant reshares and the the lack of authenticity in your, your Instagram story, and it just starts to become a merge of other people's stories. And no one, no one really follows that, to be honest. My story views are always the best when I follow my content and my journey. And like when I was at the end of my prep and it was literally just me and me sharing my stuff, it was the best it was ever, it was ever at. And, and it's the difficulty that I find, to be honest, Josh, is like, I find clients actually take it personally when I don't reshare the stuff. And yeah. that's the difficulty that I'm having at the moment. It's the balancing out between someone saying, oh, you didn't put me on your story versus me trying to stick to the brand identity that I actually want to produce on there. It's difficult. Of course. You, do you find it difficulty with that? Because I'm sure you get plenty of tags every single day. But you don't yeah. share any of it. 
<laughs> yeah, I think because there was a period of time where I saw everyone was just because it was new, like everyone was just reposting everything. How many reposts could you get? And I thought, like, I, I, I generally had a, I thought a pretty good business moment. I was like, as a consumer, like, I, I'm fucking sick of skipping through people's stories. I don't care what these people are reposting. I literally, I thought, I can't do it. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that because um, it takes away from the content that I want to give and the brand identity, of course, you know. Like, that doesn't mean that I don't appreciate it. That doesn't mean I don't reply to every single person that's tagged me. That doesn't mean that I don't, you know, like it and say thank you very much because it's ridiculous they're even tagging me. Um, but no, I've, I've done, never done it from the start. So no, no one's been like, oh, you didn't repost me. Oh, maybe one guy, actually, I remember one guy. I'm not going to say his name. <laughs> he's, quite, he's, quite, he's, he's quite famous, actually. Well, not famous, but he's big in the game. <laughs> Yeah, that's funny. Right. I, can't, I can't say his name. I really want to go back up. <laughs> George, have you got any um, sort of finalising questions you wanted to ask Josh? I'm sure he's got meals to eat, etc. Things to do, so we'll let him go in a second. Have you got any? Covered everything. See, I I listened to your podcast, mate, earlier, so I know I know everything. You know, I don't need to. Ask <laughs> I know you stack. I know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like a little fanboy, you know. That's why I think I think this podcast was good though because we didn't ask just sort of generic questions that had already been covered potentially in the other videos. So we just I just genuinely wanted to have a chat, and I find these the always the best ones. Like the one with with Keith is very similar. We haven't used any of the questions that we've got on our stories. We've just genuinely <laughs> asked you what we wanted to know. Um, but yeah, man, we appreciate your time a lot. So we'll we'll let you we'll let you crack on. Um, obviously, from from both of us and from all our listeners, like we appreciate you, and also best of luck with your prep. Um, and we'll catch you soon, dude. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate you. Come on. Pleasure. See you soon. Nice one, guys. Appreciate it a lot. In a bit, mate. George, George, do you know that noise? I do know that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, enjoy it, mate. Enjoy it. Sweet. Yeah, I will. I will. I will. <laughs> nice right. one, guys. We'll let you crack on. See you later. Sound boys. Bye bye. That was good. Yeah, it was. It was. was um, good, I like Josh. Um, yeah, yeah, he's a good boy. Does. Oh, look at these were. I can't remember what was he speaking about before we, Josh came on because it was like I swear it was midway through a conversation. I can't remember. Um, we did speak a little bit about what I was getting up to, and then I just sort of thank people for the Kiwi podcast. I can't, I can't remember to be honest. I was so enthralled with that podcast that um, I can forget. Can we, um, can we finish off by talking about the teeth? Oh yeah, we can talk about the teeth. <laughs> tell, tell us about that then. So fucking why know. aren't they, mate? Jesus Christ. Um, so yeah, basically, so the Invisalign process finished, which mm -hmm. was so that's why they look like moderately better because the gap was a lot less um that's why they look pretty decent in dubai because i pretty much finished the invisalign in dubai and then um my final appointment was uh what's called composite bonding so it's like it's basically just creates little edges on where the teeth would normally be like like a different so like a different length so like they're all now the same length at this yeah. top the top, the, the top, um, whatever you call it, layer of the teeth. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then obviously you wind them. So that's why they, they stick out like, I, I took pro this morning 
and I, I smiled in one of them and I was like, fuck me, like, yeah. like I had a snowball in my hand. Yeah. And they're very bright. But I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm getting used to like when I when I came back, I was like very hesitant to like smile around Ros and stuff because I was like they just didn't they just didn't feel like normal or right. Um, but I quite like them now. And I look back at, at like at photos of me like selfies and stuff like that that I take in the past, and I, I never ever would smile with my mouth open like very rarely. But on the occasions that I did, I did have like a, a big gap in my front teeth. So it was always something I wanted to fix, mate. So I just thought, oh, fuck it. I actually thought, fuck it. And I did it. And I inquired in November 2019 with Dr. Afan. Mm -hmm. Because I, I wanted them done for like the show. For I wanted them good for the show. So, um, and then like because of the first lockdown, I didn't get my initial consult until like July when it was meant to be in like January. So had to wait ages. If anyone's interested in Invisalign, I think it's from what I got from it, I thought it was great. I don't know what the prices are on veneers in comparison, but I imagine it's probably fairly similar if you got it done in the UK privately. Um, obviously, you, you, you know, there's pros and cons of both ways, but I still have my teeth, so. You know, I don't have, you know, people shaving down my teeth or anything like that. It was a relatively natural process. Um, the only thing with the Invisalign is that it can get painful. Like some of the trays when they, because essentially they pull your teeth in line. So some of them did hurt like quite a bit, um, especially the first two trays, which were in at like three weeks out from, because I got all the trays at about three weeks out from the, the show last year. So you have to take them out with every every meal you eat. So that was a ball yeah. ache. So I'm glad that I don't have to do that anymore. Um, but yeah, mate, I'm really happy. I'm really happy. They look really smart. I really like them, to be fair. I really, really do. Oh, um, thank you, mate. They look curly, they look white. Let's leave it on that. Let's just leave it on me being cute, yeah? That's very kind of you, mate. Yeah, we'll leave it on that. I'll let you go. I've got a, got a chicken and rice meal here to eat. Not, not my salmon, salmon bagels. I had them earlier. So, um, so I've got, uh, I have two meals of plan a week at the moment. So it will be Nando's full platter or it will be something that Nizrin's mum will cook for me. Okay. Um, so she's cooking a chicken curry tonight, homemade. Ooh. So I know it's just going to be full of flavor. I know it's going to be. Chicken's going to be proper, it's going to be organic, it's going to be halal, it's going to be from the butchers, I know the rice is going to be homemade, I know it's just going to be great. So I'm going to roll a spliff, smoke one, and then eat. <laughs> Lovely. Well, mate, I'll leave you to it. For the yeah, listeners, as always, we appreciate you. And tagging in the stories. It's, uh, it's quite surprising how many people watch it. And even just on like YouTube, it's like four, four and a half thousand views on the first one, and that's just on YouTube alone. So... God knows what Spotify, podcast app, iTunes, all that type of stuff is. Easy, um, easily over 10K. You could probably, look, you could probably find out, I reckon. You can find well out from SoundCloud. So I think, yeah, I think it was like 6,000 listeners on SoundCloud. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. I can't believe it. Um, yes, yeah, so thank you, everyone, if you're still watching or listening, whatever. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, guys. Well, we'll chat soon.